Welcome to the Go Digital Jason Lowe Show, where I interview business owners and founders alike on their strategies in digital transformation and how they scale their businesses to the next level. If you are looking to grow digitally, then this is the podcast for you. Stay tuned for today's special guest as this podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. Hey there everyone, this is the Go Digital Jason Lowe Show and for today's episode, I have Jonathan over here, the founder and CEO of PartyPost. So PartyPost is a crowd marketing marketplace platform that connects brands to influencers and helping brands access word of mouth advertising among social media users with an automated system that can help brands maximize their ROI at a lower cost. So that's my brief introduction of what I know PartyPost to be. So I'll now head over to Jonathan over here to, to Actually talk a bit more about what does company actually do, right? So Jonathan, over to you. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, actually, I think you explained it really well, right? We're, just like you said, a crowd marketing influencer platform. And uh, I, I guess the differences with us and other platforms or influencer agencies is that for us, we believe that anyone can be an influencer, right? Even if you have 200 followers, you can actually download our platform, our mobile app, if you want to be an influencer. And you can scroll through the app, look at different campaigns or jobs. And then from there, you could see, oh, I can make a little bit of money, right? You know, posting for products and brands that you love, right? So I think that was the genesis of how we started PartyPost to help everyday people become, you know, potentially influencers on their own right. Yep, yeah, I, th- I think at this current age, right, I think most of like us and businesses are quite familiar with the term influencers and things like that. But from you, like, I was just like looking at your profile and things like that, and a bit more curious about your journey thus far. Like what made you decided that, you know, you're going to start party. But how, how long has it been? About six to seven years? Is this something somewhere there already? We had the idea in 2016, actually. Oh, okay. We yep. only started acting on it maybe like 2017, right? Right, right, right. And then... Um, got some funding very very luckily and fortunate and then we launched we were building the the platform the app and, everything, and officially launched in 2018 january in yep, singapore yep. first yeah. right right so so how, how did it transition towards like you know you it just happened you know you woke up one day and you're like oh man we're, we're gonna target the influencer industry it's a part of marketing that's like underserved like what, what went through that thought process actually um yeah i, I think it was we wanted to do something different and we uh, not really coming from the industry. We didn't know where to start, but actually it didn't start with the word influencer. We weren't thinking, let's go into the influencer industry. It's so cool. Something like that. Right. Of course we did know about the industry, but uh, originally it was really about uh, seeing all our friends, everyone in general using social media before people eat. They always, what did they say? Let their cameras first, right? They take pictures and everything, right? So um, if everyone around you is doing that, how come people can't make a little bit of money already doing that, right? They're already taking pictures and they really talk about it. Their followers and friends on Instagram, Facebook see it all the time. That's some influence there, right? That's some word of mouth, right? So how do we build something that can connect the brands directly to these consumers who are already taking pictures? And then we realized we did more research that uh, the inf- I mean, influencers do that already, right? The big ones with, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. They already do that. But why aren't brands tapping on these everyday influencer people, 
right? Who are consumers. It's because that there's no platform for them to connect, right? And brands are not reaching out one by one to hundreds of regular people to, to post, right? It's, it's too much effort. So that's why we also created, I mean, that's why we created the platform. So do you see this more for like, like, um, like as I mentioned earlier on, right? Like I feel like brands kind of know about influencers and things like that. But it's just that as you mentioned earlier on, is, is the gaps for like SMEs really using like in the influencers, uh, 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 like an awareness and engagement, like they don't know even what to talk to them or is it the way they don't know how they work? And potentially, is isn't even like pricing transparency among all of them? Does it make sense? So all these are are, are all these the typical concerns that SMEs typically have, or what might be like you know a not so known fact that SMEs usually have challenges with whenever they like try to engage influencers for their brands. Um, I, I actually, it's it's probably all of the above that you mentioned, right? Um, we realized that uh, early on when we started in twenty seventeen. Uh, without a platform, wanted to talk to SMEs, talk to uh, big brands, big businesses, MNCs also. Um, the mindset is different, and, and rightfully so, right? Because if you're an SME, when we ask them, hey, what do you, what kind of marketing, what kind of, uh, kind of, what kind of objectives do you have for your marketing? They'll say, I just want sales soon, <laughs> right? There's so many channels, I'm learning so many things, I'm the business owner, but I cannot hire so many. Well, I do a little bit of everything. So a lot of what they're doing is also word of mouth, right? They tell their friend, their friend tells their friends, and they try the restaurant, food, or whatever product out. So actually, we built Party Post. Uh, a majority actually is also for the SMEs to use, right? They cannot afford, at, at many times, a very well-known celebrity or rules. Pay, right? Very expensive, right? But they have a little bit of budget here, maybe 500 or 1000 uh, you know, ring it here or whatever, a month or so to actually, how can I tap onto maybe 10 small micro, we call it or nano influencers, right? With very little followers, maybe. but the quality is there. And they know that perhaps these micro nano influencers live around a certain area. They can try my restaurant or food and then post about it. And it affects their friends to come try too, right? So we actually want to build this platform to allow SMEs to access influencer marketing at scale also. Yeah, I, I, uh, let, let, I mean, it's good for us to like uh, have like some explanation for audiences. Like well, how do you, like how, or how do Patipos, you know, uh, define like nano influencers or like micro influencers and things like that? I think this is something that I think a lot of people might, <laughs> might want to know. Yeah, a bit yeah, 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 yeah. So, so to get into more of the jargon, right? Um, and uh, so of course, influencers, there's, many, many different tiers, right? Like we mentioned. So we can start with, I think every country is also a little bit different and we are currently about five countries, right? Expanding into a few other countries, mostly in Southeast Asia. But in a country such as Malaysia or Singapore, right? Uh, uh, the nanos typically start with maybe uh, 200 followers or so, all the way to 5,000, sometimes 10,000 followers. That's like the nano, range, right? Then from five thousand to thirty to fifty thousand, that's another range we call the micro influencers, right? And then above that is the macros, right? And then you get to the hundreds of thousands or millions, and it's like a kind of like a celebrity type uh, influencer, right? So that tiering is based on, of course, the country itself, right? And, and the population size and everything. So a market like Indonesia then is different, right? The definition is a little bit different. 
Um, so that's how we break it down. And the, of course, the prices and the, the, the will be different for each one. Yep, yep. Uh, th- does party post plays a role in terms of like allowing like SMEs to know even which tiers are probably uh, probably more suitable for them and things like that. Like, do, or do they usually kind of already know who they want to target with? It's just that they're not too sure about the budgeting and things like that. I would say it's a mixture, but for most SMEs, it would probably be 80% on the, okay, I know my marketing needs, which is sales within two or three months, maybe. How do I achieve that, right? And we're here to say, okay, for your industry, you have how many outlets or what's your uh you know budget and everything how do we uh, using those needs and those boundaries and requirements how do we help you craft out the right campaign for you throughout the next two three months to be able to achieve let's say sales or whatever so like traffic down to restaurant or store and achieve those needs so it really depends on what they need right in short Right. Okay. Cool. So, um, I, I, you've mentioned about like expanding to five countries and things like that. So, uh, you started all the way only from Singapore, is it? If I, if I'm mm-hmm. not wrong. So it started from Singapore, and then subsequently, uh, I mean, based on the website, also I do see that you guys have already expanded to like different countries and things like that. How, how what was like, you know, some of the strategies that you guys use to even expand your reach? Because usually for platforms like, you know, I always respect platform like you guys because you guys are when you say our platform, you you have the two sides, right? You need the the, the supply and you need the demand so there's always like two angles of like business development or marketing that even party is got to do so in terms of like cross-bordering with different influencers and different demand from those countries like what, what was like some sort of the core strategies that you guys did to ensure this scale factor to happen i think of course i i grew up in singapore most of my life uh my dad is malaysian but moved to singapore when i was young right and i studied in the u.s my mom was also from originally from Taiwan, right? So I'm not 100% sure where I'm actually from sometimes, right? But uh, uh, from many countries, right? So a lot of places feel like home. So, but having said that, it's still Southeast Asia and Asia is where I'm from, I feel, right? And how we started, of course, Singapore is where all our connections were, where we knew a lot of different brands and uh, advertisers from here, right? Um, And so we started the strategy here as a test market. And we raised a lot of our funding here as well. Then our next step, I have two other co-founders, right? One is from Indonesia and the other one's from Taiwan, right? So naturally we went to those countries next, right? And they can head up the country there. Um, so like you said, it's very important to have the two sides of a platform marketplace, right? One is the brands that we have who can provide us with the right campaigns. Then the other side is the uh, micro nano influencers, right? all the influencers that we have on the other side, right? So, so far, um, not that it's not a challenge, but it's less of a challenge to get the influencers on. Once they're on, you know, it's just about giving them a lot of different campaigns and jobs to do, right? So the other angle is which country do we have access and, and network of brands, clients, right? And spend them. So and that's how we kind of decided, okay, well, Singapore, there's a lot of regional uh, presence for brands as well. And a lot of them say, Actually, I can give you a regional budget, but can you help me take care of these four, five, six markets in Southeast Asia, right? So that's another reason why we also expanded to Malaysia, Philippines uh, last year, right? After the pandemic, actually got a delayed, right? Then also we're planning to head into uh, Vietnam and Thailand and Hong Kong next year. 
Right, right. Okay, great. So, and you did touch on the pandemic, and the the questions I would like to you know clarify and understand a bit more is indeed pandemic related, like uh, um, achievements and like strategies that you guys do to weather the whole pandemic out, right? But before that, we are going to take a short break right now, and then after this, let's talk more about what Partipos has done during the pandemic and also what you guys will be planning to do in the future. So, coming right back after this break. Have you ever wondered how nice would it be to be able to connect and manage influencer campaigns more efficiently? At PartyPost, they've made it their mission to figure out all the right strategies and sweet spots for your brand when it comes to influencer marketing. Since their beginnings in Singapore in 2016, they've partnered with hundreds of brands across Southeast Asia to create influencer campaigns that lead to real results by humanizing your brand with the power of everyday people's word of mouth. They would love to partner with your brand today, so schedule a demo session and experience the PartyPost difference in no time by visiting PartyPost.com That is P-A-R-T-I-P-O-S-T PartyPost.com today Hey there everyone, this is the Go Digital Jason Lowe Show and for today's episode, I have Jonathan, the founder and CEO of PartyPost who is running an influencer management platform that has been talking about what they do, what inspired him to work towards this business and how SMEs have been using their um, their platform to enable like sales-driven strategies, ROI in different different channels and things like that. But before the break, Jonathan did mention a little bit about, you know, during the pandemic and things like that. So I'm very curious, right? We do know a lot of industries have like, you know, suffered and went down during the pandemic phase. And then now when pandemic, like a lot of countries have lifted out their, their gates and things like that. Uh, you know, very different, interesting trends have been popping up. Right. So in terms of like party posts, what do you see happen during the pandemic and, and after that right now when we're in the, like the economic you know, open back recovery stage, even though the recession is like here and there, you know, so it's been a very challenging time indeed. So what's your take on the current market situation? I think going back to maybe, you know, before 2020, right, everything was pretty stable, right? Um, we're lucky to be in this industry. I think it's been growing in terms of the influencer marketing industry, right? More brands are going digital across, you know, Malaysia, Singapore, Southeast Asia in general. And the growth was very stable. Uh, there's increasing growth, right? But once the, obviously everyone knows, once the pandemic hit, it's like, you know, up and down shape, right? Market. And so the first three months when it hit, I think, starting in Jan or Feb, right? Uh, a lot of brands hold their marketing budget back. They delayed a lot of campaigns and a lot of uh, campaigns also were put on hold, right? They're, they have no demand for their products, some of these industries, right? Travel, for example, right? So they couldn't spend any marketing budget stopped, right? From, the, from their uh, boss or management, right? So what happened was right after the th three months, then we had to adapt or the market adapted as well that a lot of businesses went online, went on Grab, went on Shopee, right? all these places. Then they came back and said, now I'm online. Can we spend on digital more? Right? We're like, whoa, okay. So this, the, after the first initial three months of the pandemic, the second three months and after that, it went like a V-shaped down, first down, right? And then back up. So the rest of 2020 was pretty good. And then 2021 for us also, we grew quite well from 2020, right? So only, I think recently, last you know, three to four months, things seems to be, uh, I want to be transparent, right? But things seems to be slowing down a little bit, right? A little bit. And I think 
it's also from the layoffs, right? From tech uh, startups. We consider ourselves one of the tech startups as well, right? And uh, we also um, understand those issues, right? Of growing too fast. Uh, but definitely, I think everybody's mindset is like the confidence is, is a little shaken, right? What's the next year? Is it just no growth or slower growth, right? And things like that. So that's how uh, it's been affecting us. Yep, yep. I mean, the tech layoffs have been like uh, pretty, pretty crazy, man. Like, uh, I've had a few of my agency-related friends who has been doing uh, meta-related marketing or Facebook-related marketing, and then like I heard like they, they just did this whole retrenchment, and a lot of their key account managers from Singapore also uh. like it's it's pretty crazy so far. So then they have to like do it back on their own. So I mean, but with the current like oh, congratulations by the way on the news of the funding round, right? At this current market, I heard a lot of like startups have been also having lots of difficulties to actually raise funds from global investors and things like that because people are just very worried about it. Um, especially in Singapore, I think a lot of you guys are affected by a downfall of huge Web3 crypto-related investment funds. A lot of these well, crazy things has been going on, right? But with you guys securing it before, <laughs> the market is like becoming very serious right now. Like, What are the sort of like the strong expansion plans? Is it really to play it safe because the market is like uh, scary, you know, it's really extending strength and runway? Or is it you feel this is actually certain times to actually strike, you know, because of like when people, other people are weaker and if we are getting stronger, we are be the ones that will actually conquer the space. What's your take on this? And how you do you utilize the, like, the funding for Patipo's expansion plans? I think it's uh, honestly, it's a, this is maybe a little bit of a, uh, a cheap answer, if you will. But it's how do we have the best of both, right? So that means uh, we definitely want to strike cautiously, right? So we have to be careful. But when the opportunity arises, when it makes sense, we have to be more efficient, more productive, with and be more careful and cautious with the money that we we raise, right? So the runways have been have to extend a little bit. So I think in general, in summer, um, instead of growing so fast as before and hiring for in, in, in preparation for the next quarter, right? We have to wait and see how this quarter is doing. And if we have much more business, then we start hiring, right? So I think it's just a change of mindset, which is not actually a terrible thing, right? For startups that, uh, maybe overspend too or grow too fast because of pressures from the market and everybody's growing. Right? So we all want to grow and, you know, uh, kind of compete for very talented individuals, right? You know, in the market. But I think it's just a mindset change. So we're still growing, but just a lot more cautiously and not at the speed and scale that, uh, you know, startups grow at like in the last few years, right? Right, indeed. Um, I mean, linking back a little bit about like, you know, recently there's a lot of like uh, Web3 and blockchain related issues that's going on in the market and things like that. But I do realize also for the past few years when, uh, where we are also involved in the space, there have been a lot of like influencers and key opinion leaders within like the, the Web3 space. And they have been like talking a lot about all these sort of like future technologies and how crypto is going to change a lot of things. Have particles like, like kind of like dabbled into this space in terms of like moving forward? Like or 
because there are also a lot of influencers that's driving the market. Not too sure about you personally also, but we do see and we do rely a lot of like information and content. If they're even doing a TikTok, man, <laughs> they're doing like Web3 uh, advices, even though it says not financial advices, but people still follow them anyway. So they're doing a lot of these things on TikTok and we do see a huge growth of these sort of people. And I even remembered one of my uh, potential partners wanted to engage like a Web3 influencer to do project uh, shout outs and things like that. It's even like five times the price of a regular influencer. So a lot of people have been trying to move towards the direction. Like, do you have any insights in regards to like the space of Web3 and how influencer marketing could actually affect certain outcomes and things like that? I would say we we looked into it. I, I don't want to sit here and say we're an expert at it, but we definitely work with a lot of clients who are in Web3, crypto, blockchain kind of things. Um, and uh, I, I don't know enough and haven't had the time and chance yet to do more research to say, I think it's the time for us to add this different type of uh, you know, revenue stream or different type of business model to facilitate that. So, but I, we are very, there's nothing wrong with crypto or anything. I, I, I think it will grow. It's just also going through the ups and downs, right? You know, especially blockchain, what we, I think it's um, very, very, uh, how do you say, I'm very optimistic about it, right? For the future, but, uh, very, very focused on expansion now for already our platform, right? I think we're up to here, right, in terms of uh, capacity. Uh, but we'll, we'll definitely work with partners. We have a few partners that uh, talk to us and we're always in talks to see how we can work together as a partnership to, uh, you know, add value with our influencers to their NFT kind of programs or something. Yep, yep, I read. I mean, that, that's an uh, interesting progression, uh, but like with the market also, a lot of all this, I mean, it, it's more of like, because if all these influencers are too bullish to a certain extent, and then the scary part about Web3 is when whatever all these influencers post and talk about uh, doesn't happen, there's some crash or there's some rug pull scam going on and people literally lose their money because of what all these influencers have been talking about. So that is indeed still like a scary part of like how these certain things get done in the way at the end of the day, Sorry. right? Right. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, actually we've come to the like end of the show. I think this has been insightful. You know, you, you managed to talk about certain expansion strategies and how SMEs could actually really benefit from people. So this has actually been great. Uh, any final words that you'd like to share to the audiences? Uh, not too much. I think it's just uh, uh, still be hopeful about the future, right? And, you know, working hard and uh, hopefully everyone's feeling better after the pandemic and uh, I hope that everyone will be continue to be okay throughout the recession if there is one yeah that's all <laughs> right okay so thank you so much again Jonathan for coming onto the show um, hopefully that all goes well with Partios and I'm very excited to see more things coming up from your side so alright then that's it for now then thanks Jonathan bye thank you thank you Jason thanks for listening to the show Production by Rainworks Studio with my friend Chintat, music by Ofnil Naga and yours truly. Enjoyed this episode? Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform for more. This was Go Digital with Jason Lowe.